Hey guys, Paul Reddick here. Welcome to the Baseball Dads Podcast. The world of baseball and the youth and especially the high school game is changing so rapidly. These rapid changes are bringing about a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration for today's parents that are trying to bring their son up in the game. So the purpose of this podcast is to use the experience of dads who have already gone through this journey and have navigated it successfully so we could take aim at that confusion and frustration and knock it out. We're going to talk to these dads about what they did right, about what they did wrong, what they would do more of, what they would do less of, and they're going to give you their advice for today's parents that are going through this game. So stay tuned for today's podcast. And make sure you go to BaseballDadsNewsletter.com where you can get a free trial in our monthly Baseball Dads Newsletter. So without any further delay, let's get on to today's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Baseball Dads Podcast. Today, our guest is Buddy Sack. So, Buddy, welcome to Baseball Dads Podcast. Great to be here, Paul. So let's jump in where we start every podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Tell us a little bit about your son. Okay, well... um... I'm a golf professional, a club professional, so uh, I, I run the business of a golf club and uh, uh, get to manage and and uh, have some fun with people that are having fun playing golf and learning the game, and I get to deal with a lot of kids uh, through lessons and clinics and things, and, uh, and and that's my life in season. I'm very busy. It's a seven-day-a-week job, and, you know, we work when everybody else is off. And uh, Right. My son, my son Will is uh, he he's the middle child. He's got two girls surrounding him. Uh, all my kids love sports and have played sports all their life. Um, interestingly enough, Paul, uh, while they've all been introduced to golf and they're all actually pretty good at it, none of them chose to play it. So I, I, I'm sure that had a little <laughs> something to do with me. <laughs> well, you know what, though, but you know what, I'll say, I will say this: that I think that's going to happen in the past. I think I think that's going to happen for me. Um, I I just see uh, their interests going in so many different directions that weren't available to me, you know, when I was uh, their age. So it's, it's, it's interesting. But but go ahead. Well, it, it, it's interesting to me, especially when it comes to Will, because uh, in the when, when you're learning the game of golf or you're playing golf, although it eventually becomes somewhat of a team sport, I think what really drew him to baseball. Uh, and what I see is the closeness of the team atmosphere, and I think that really he, – he's very tight with his teammates. Right. That's really the biggest difference that I, that I see. He, he really gravitated more to the team aspect, um, uh, whereas uh, golf can be a, a very lonesome sport at times where, you know, you're grinding it out yeah. by yourself on a driving range somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And we and we didn't have earbuds and music uh, when I was a kid, so you, you kind of did it with no help. Right, right, right. I often think about that. Like, how did we exercise? How did we do all those things back then? Uh, I, I, you know, I can remember running down the street with the old discmans. Remember those? And oh like, yeah. You couldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't uh, move it. You know, like I was. I remember holding it <laughs> like a. You know, like a like a waiter holding it. You know, like because you, you couldn't move it, it would skip. Right. Um, right. Absolutely. Your son has a great story. You shared a little bit with me. Uh, tell us about him. Tell us what how his journey in the, in the game. Well, you know, a lot of what you've put out, and, and of course, we really met through the five six seven program. But uh, yep. uh, you tell Will's story or refer to Will's story quite frequently. And uh, Will was a really a pretty good golfer and a very good basketball player. He's always been kind of a tall kid. 
slow to grow into his body, um, but he loved baseball. And um, so, you know, we 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 did t-ball and pitching machine, and you know, he did all the stuff with little league and all of that. And um, he, he was he was a solid player on all of his teams. But when it came time to I guess when he was 11 or so, it came time to try out for, you know, the uh, the club team, the travel ball team. Uh, Will, Will didn't make it. Um, he, he was cut. And, uh, um, you know, it was, that was a little bit, I don't want to say devastating to him, but, uh, you know, he wanted to make that team very, very badly. Um, sure. the, the coaches were nice, and they said nice things to him. And at that time, you know, a lot of these uh, – clubs will take like an A and a B team or a red and a white or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, so they told Will to hang in there and, you know, maybe next year, or maybe they'll have two teams or something like that. So um, Will, Will wasn't done with baseball yet. So he, he kept after it and, and um, you know, we, we worked at it. And, and then the next year uh, he managed to, uh, or in between seasons, I guess, he managed to make a, a second team, not as a good, a, a team that wasn't as, as, as well thought of as the, um, as the team that he would really wanted to make. And he managed to make that team. And, and he, you could see he was one of the, uh, you know, better players. He, he wasn't the, the worst kid on the team, but for whatever reason, politics or who knows, he played very, very little that first uh, season, um, probably in the first three or four tournaments, he only got in occasionally as a pinch runner. They put him in the outfield um, late in the game. He might have got a couple of at-bats throughout the whole weekend. So, um, you know, that's where it kind of it starts to mirror some of, of what you and I have talked about. Uh, Will and I, after, after one particular tournament uh, where he didn't get in much, and I think he only batted once, we just made a deal that for one reason or another, whether it's an injury or a bad tournament, he will get a chance to play. He'll get an opportunity. The only thing that he and I could control, or really that he could control, was his his his, his being ready for the moment. And uh, right, uh, we, we did not know this at the time, but the the gentleman that ke- that kept the book and, and knew a little bit about Will. Um, at that point, maybe Will had had five or six at-bats, and I think he had, like, two hits. So, technically, he might have been the highest batting average on the team, <laughs> right. um, you know, because the other kids had, had had, you know, 30, 40 at-bats or whatever. And uh, so they played him. They had a, uh, The coach was out for the weekend, and they had a substitute coach or one of the other guys from the organization was standing in. And, and I think the scorekeeper actually uh, encouraged him to play Will. So first, you know, first game he bats eighth or ninth and he gets a couple hits. And when the smoke clears at the end of the weekend, he ends up with 11 hits. I think actually it was 11 singles and um, was on base quite a bit. And with that team, uh, you know, he played for the rest of, for the rest of that season and, and had, a, had a, you know, the, uh, he was, he was a very positive contributing member of that team. And, uh, he could have, he could have thrown, he could have thrown in the towel, but he didn't. Right. And right. we spent a lot of time on the ball fields. And like I was, I've told you in the past, he was young enough then that I could pitch to him and I could catch him. <laughs> Not so much right. anymore. Uh, but, uh, it was great for him and I. To just put the time and, and and remember I'm a golf guy right so 
I really, I, I mean, I played baseball like other kids, right? Until I was 11 or 12 years old, I never played travel or anything like that and never played in high school or anything. And, you know, it was just, uh, I was really just his practice mate. I couldn't, you know, like in golf, I could tell him a thousand things to do. But in baseball, I couldn't tell him anything. All I could do was catch for him or pitch to him, uh, maybe hit some fly balls to him or some ground balls to him. And, and I was really just a practice mate and uh, and a friend and, and, a, and a guy helping him get better just by being there. And, and that really worked for us. And, uh, of course, lo and behold, the beautiful thing, the next year he did make that team that he couldn't make. Oh, that's and, awesome. Um, you know, he, he, he makes it on the team, and he's not playing as much as he wants, but he's playing. He becomes a center fielder, and then late in the year, they needed some pitching. They had a particularly good tournament, and Will always had a good arm from center field. Um, so they so they need, they have no one left to pitch in the last game, and he, and he manages to go eight innings, and they, uh, they end up winning the game, and uh, it was great, great for him. And unfortunately, I didn't get to see it because uh, as a golf, as a golf pro, I think we had a member guest or something going that weekend. And uh, of course, I wasn't there, but it was just so tickled for him that it all worked out. And uh, and that changed the course. That's that's what got us to, you know, looking at you and and all of the things that you preach. Because now he's a he's a late blooming pitcher, right? He's in he's in ninth grade and just pitching for the first time. Right. Um, so we're trying to figure out. All I know as a as a as a golfer is that, oh my God, if he throws a curveball, he'll ruin his arm and he'll throw his shoulder right. out. Right. And you know, there's all this technical stuff that um, I'm afraid of because I don't want my son to get hurt with this new activity that we've never done before. So, right, um, right. It, it, it's been a very cool journey, um, and and you know, it, I, I can't believe there aren't hundreds if not thousands of kids that just love a sport and are told uh, or it's suggested that they that they can't do it or can't play it at a high enough level and 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 will just so you know he's about six four now and about you know 210 pounds he's going to be a he just started his senior year in high school so he has grown and gained i mean to to for him to be in total control of his body in the ninth or tenth grade, just you know, or eighth grade, his body was changing dramatically, and um, he's finally grown into it. And so, and you just shared with me before the call that he now has some college prospects as well, right? Yeah. So, so you know, and and of course he's my son, so I, maybe I brag a little bit and I, I, I apologize <laughs> well, that, that, and, and say that up front. But but he's he's a, he's a young man. Uh, he's a great student and has always been a good kid. But um, he didn't take no for an answer. And when he finished travel ball this last season, uh, of those kids that were on that original team that he made, he was the only one left. Right. So that so, you know, I, I I always I always ask too, like, what are the, the the magic moments? I think you gave us your magic moment, right? Is that that when your son was cut? Uh, you guys kind of went together, came up with a plan, and still enjoyed the game. And I think this is the thing that we here have been decided that we're going to fight against for the next couple of years. You know, there's kind of like people that can just accept the system or, you know, we could be a squeaky wheel and, and make as much noise as we can while we have this megaphone. That's what we're, we're trying to do is that 
there are early developing kids and there are late developing kids. And I, you know, so for me, it breaks my heart to think how many kids were in the exact same situation that your son was in, and they didn't make a team, and then they stopped playing the game. But here he is now, six years later, seven years later, and he's a late bloomer. Turns out to be a big kid. This is our problem in baseball: is that that the, the if, if a kid doesn't develop early, they get this kind of label that. It might not happen for you when it can happen for you. You know, your son, you and your son have proved that, you know, it, it can happen if you stay in the game. There's, there's no doubt about it. And he, even today, um, he doesn't meet a lot of the standards, right? So, um, you know, part of what got you and I talking was my concern for velocity because people like him, um, they, they think he's got some potential, but he's a big kid that doesn't throw it as hard as people expect him to. Right. Um, you know, but see, that comes in... too, though. See, that, see, that, see just uh, not, not to interrupt you, but that's what he, the big misconception that for the kid big, he should throw hard. But here's the thing is that big happens first sometimes, and then coordination and strength often catches up later. So a lot of kids – you know, the, the big advantage of a tall pitcher is he can release the ball close to home plate. It's not really a velocity thing, but it's a visual velocity effect that they have that advantage. So th- this is why we have to focus more in making sure we have so many opportunities because now he's a 6'4 kid who has developed physically enough to maintain on the field better than he did when he was 11. But in two or three years when that strength and coordination catches up to that 6'4 frame, we could really have a great player on our hands. But certainly not. Yeah, and don't provide opportunities when they're 11. I agree 100. If, you know, thank God that there were other options that you didn't have to make right. the best travel team. And and I don't have the you know financial wherewithal personally to create a team. So you know what I mean. So um, uh, Will had to find a place that he could play, and and we just had to go to the the local park, uh, the local uh, recreational field. Uh, to get the work in, and um, uh, in the fact that he loved the game, and, and where else would you rather spend uh, an hour and a half after work? I mean, if you can spend it with your son in that kind of atmosphere, it just really doesn't get any better. Um, and right. and it's set up perfect because as a golf coach, here's what I know, and this is golf, and it doesn't involve, you know, team coaches as much, but it does involve parents. And I have parents come up to me all the time and they say, you know, how do, what do I do for my son or my daughter? And I say, well, if you introduce them to the game at, at five, six, seven years old, they're going to always play the game. They'll always be a golfer and they'll probably be decent at it, you know, an 18 handicap or bogey golf or whatever. I said, but if you will play with them once a week, once every other week, I said, my experience is that they will become a, a scratch to a five handicapper. And wow. they're always amazed. They go, how do you say that? I don't need, I'm no good. I said, I tell them it has absolutely nothing to do. My father, when I was a kid, would play with me, you know, two or three Saturdays a month in, in the season. And he was about a 17 or 18 handicap. He was shooting 90. And what I would do all week, and and back then I didn't have as much information as kids do, whether it's baseball, football, 
um, golf, whatever. Uh, I had a magazine I could read and look at pictures and copy, but a kid will find ways to impress their parents, especially in golf. It, it, the, instruction com- the instruction component doesn't even come into play really until they're about 12. And that's when I – that's when I and that's only if the kid, the, the son or daughter, is really into it. That's the point where I start to spend a little bit of time with them uh, – just tweaking their mechanics a little bit. And and you usually don't have to do much. Uh, it's really a lot more, and that's why I was so attracted by the 5-6-7, because yeah. once you have a kid, a little a, a junior golfer that has a love for the game, you know, if you – golf's – for me – it's it's that way with pitchers and and if you watch golf on TV on the weekend, none of them swing the same. There are some certain things that have to happen in the swing, but the swings are so different. And when I watch the Cubs and the Indians and uh, with Will and watch how different the pitchers approach, uh, how they're going to get a batter out and and the intricacies of not in, the the differences in their motion, it's amazing to me that it's so much like golf in that way. Yeah. And, and you know, it's very funny. It, it works the other way, too, with parents and kids. So uh, part of my workout, I, we're very busy around here. I haven't had time. I don't have the time to go to the gym as much as I used to, so I put up this little area in my garage where I do my workout every day. And uh, I bought this kind of little $100 heavy bag thing. You know, it's kind of like a filled water. and You hold the base water and stuff like that. And uh, so it's part of my thing, like I'm hitting this heavy bag. And I turn around, and my son is, I don't, I have the headphones on. I, don't, I didn't hear him. He's standing there, you know. And I saw him at right. the corner of my eye. And, you know, I started hitting it a little harder. <laughs> you know, I started, I started going, you know, like, hey, let me hear old man. You know, watch, watch this. Uh, but it's true. You know, it's that connection that you just can't get away with. Uh, or you can't get away from that. Uh, it works the other way too, and and uh, um, it's you know it's just it's, it's those are you know like little magic moments. So what what's what's the best thing that you could tell us? Uh, what's the best thing you've learned from the golf world that you could tell us that might help us in the baseball world? Well, I, I, the, the 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 thing that I think parents don't get is the power, and and you just recently. Um, mentioned, you know, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Yeah. I, I, it, you don't have to be with them, working with them every minute of the day, every afternoon after school. But if you spend some time with your son or daughter in, in the activity that they really enjoy, and you're there just as a as a friend, as a mate, not not as an instructor, because I watch I watch a lot of parents try to, you know, micromanage. How their how their sons pitch or or hit a golf ball uh, I've witnessed it in both arenas, um, but if you will just spend some time if they if the, the power the the effort that a son will put in to his game to impress his dad um, if he knows if he knows dad's going to be at the game uh, on Saturday or if they're going to play golf on Sunday or or if, if we're just going to go to the park and, and, and dad's going to pitch and he, he wants to show you how he can hit it, that, that you don't have to be good. You just have right. to spend the time because, because what I have found, I know that's how I was. 
I wanted to show my dad how much better I had gotten since the last time. And, and, and I worked like a crazy man to show him. And, um, uh, it, it is, it is the most powerful, um, uh, interest generator. And that's, and that's why I think with the five, six, seven, what happens is, especially in baseball, you, cause you're handing them off to a pitching instructor or a coach. In golf, it's a little more personal, but in baseball, so much of that time is handed off to somebody else. And I think the parents, my, myself included, because look, I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone. Will has had two or three different guys helping him with his motion and, you know, he goes to hitting instruction and, and I've bought all the plans. I've, I've spent all the money that all the other dads have. But he always asks me if I'm coming. Uh, he, you know, it breaks my heart that I can't catch him anymore because I stab at the. Cr- I mean, I can't catch right. him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get killed, right? So, um, but, but when they know you're there, when they know you're coming, when they can plan on you being there, whether it's in a practice session or at a game, it makes all the difference in the world. And and I don't know how long we have, Paul, but I will uh, tell you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, because this was the coolest thing. So I'm a golf teacher, right? Yeah. And you and I do the five, six, seven, and I'm just looking for an opportunity to try to not make it seem coerced or forced. And I have one of my best junior players come in, um, and his dad asks me, he says, my son needs to ask you a question. And um, he goes, would you be my swing coach? And I go, think about it for a second. I, and I was just done the five, six, seven, maybe two days earlier. I said, no, yeah. sir, I, I, you don't need a swing coach. I'll tell you what I'll be. I'll be the guy that helps you get to where you want to go, but I refuse to be your swing coach. And I, and, and, you know, as I doing that for now almost 40 years, I know a lot about a golf swing. So, I said, will you hang here a minute? Is your dad out there? His dad was, was over by the shirts or something. So I grabbed my son from the bag room who's, who's working after school part-time to make a couple bucks. So I've got two dads and two sons. One's in golf, Reno, the other in the baseball. And I start on the five, six, seven with his dad. Um, and his dad, it, it starts, you know, it takes a little bit for dads and it starts to get emotional. And he starts to really tell his son why he's doing what he's doing. And my son's standing there, and he, my son's not not a he's a he's a pretty bright kid. He catches on that this is playing double duty, and uh, um, I can't tell you the change in those two boys. The one with golf, his father doesn't have to bring him to the course anymore. He's over there on his yep. own. He doesn't ask me how to hit a shot. He says, what do I need to do next? Where do I need to get to? Where do I need to be? And we talk about the progression of his game, how to navigate a golf course. And then my son, all of a sudden, he's not in the gym occasionally after school. He's going at 5 a.m. He's going uh, and doing other training things uh, right after school. He, He is dragging his sister to the gym at night. Uh, the whole world changed in that moment. And it was, it was really, you know, just about me and, and the other dad sharing how much we loved our sons and how important it was for us to provide opportunity and be with them 
and and enjoy each other and 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 when we got through all of that the boys really were not the same so you know it was amazing to watch in the, yeah, really in the beginning it was just time together and that influenced them but as they get older and you don't talk as much if you can have a moment here and there where you really let it go how you feel about them and how proud you are and 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 how much you do love them they they really respond i, I was i was it was amazing to me to see the difference. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's it's uh, for, for for some of the dads who are listeners on iTunes, you, you go to five six seven pitcher dot com and hear all about the five six seven process. Um, but it, it, it is an amazing thing when you when you dig down deep and you and you find that nerve, you know, that nerve that that's kind of always there. It just gets just a lot of daily life that gets piled on top of it, you know, and and we kind of take a uh, we assume a lot of things. You know, we assume that our kids understand that because we're driving here and taking there and setting up here and planning this and organizing this, we assume that they're getting that, they're they're seeing that we're doing this because we love them. But they're not. They're not emotionally developed enough to see that. You know, I, I, always, I always tell the parents like this. I was like, remember when your dad told you to turn off the lights when you were a kid? And you're like, oh, why do I have to turn off the lights? You know? And then you became 40. <laughs> You became 40, and you start turning off lights. <laughs> and, and that's kind of what it like. It was like at the time, you didn't have the emotional understanding that lights cost money. You know, kids right. kids see a meal on the table, but they don't see the groceries have to be bought. And that's the thing is our, 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 our job as parents and coaches is to show them, uh, is to explain these things to them. They don't – they're children. They're not going to understand that until they're more emotionally developed. But uh, what what's one last thing to wrap this up – so the dads who are listening, who kind of, you're towards the end uh, of the journey. Uh, what would you say to dads who are listening who are all along the way here, you know, from little guys starting up to, you know, uh, uh, moving up through 11, 12 high school? What would you say to those dads who are listening? Well, I, I, you know, I, I think I, I, you can't get hung up on, I mean, we, we you know, if you, if you talk about ours as a, say, a seven-year journey, uh, in, in this whole travel ball. We had a lot of uh, times where we did not reach the goal and, and Will did not get where he wanted to be, but he loved the game. And he knew, you know, the process was more important than any given result and that we knew that if we kept working at it, that there would be opportunities along the way. And, you know, who cares if you're, if you're having fun with your kids? If, if you and your son are having a ball and you're getting better at baseball and the opportunities do come, you don't know when and you don't know in what order. Or they may come in bunches or there may, there may be a, a summer or a year of a little bit of a drought. But if you're having fun and you're and you're going through the process, and that's what, it, you know, Will and I talk about the process. Are you doing the work? Are you doing the stuff? Or, you know, and, he, and he's having fun and he's not too hung up on any given re- – I mean, look – He's 18 years old. He just turned 18, and he wants to get drafted. And he wants to pitch. He, he wants to pitch for a for a top five Division One team and get drafted. Well, you know what? He hasn't met that goal. <laughs> he may never, but that's his goal. And he's willing to do the work. And he loves the journey. And he loves the process. And he is going to play either uh, he's got an option for Division II baseball, uh, JUCO, a junior college, or or a very strong Division three program. And that may be all he gets out of it. 
but the pro he's still having fun trying to get better. He still thinks the ceiling's still a little bit higher, and um, and he's going to keep trying. Who are we to and, say, and, right? Who who is anybody to say? Because you know those first couple years he would have tried something else, I guess. Right, right, perfect, uh, buddy. Since you are a golf coach, uh, and if there's people in your area. Uh, why don't we give them the contact information that, because I can tell you this, I promise you there's a lot of bad golfers <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> so golfers, <laughs> how, how, would, how would someone get in touch with you if they were in your area? Well, I'm, I, I'm the golf, the head golf professional at the Ocean City Golf Club in Ocean City, Maryland. Uh, it's, um, it, the phone number is 410 641 one seven seven nine and of course we're on the uh web and all you can look up ocean city golf club and i'd be glad to talk to anybody about golf and and anything related to playing better um golf or anything that's awesome i actually have a baseball buddy who vacations to ocean city and he's horrible i'm gonna send him your way <laughs> he's a horrible golfer so um uh all right awesome buddy I, I appreciate your time thank you so much and uh, look forward to talking to you in the future again. Thanks. My pleasure, Paul. Hey, guys. It's Paul again. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We really hope you got a lot out of it. We have so much more to come for you. And thank you so much for trusting us with your baseball education and also the development with your child. It's something that we take very seriously and really means the world to me and the rest of the staff here at Paul Rick Baseball and Baseball Dads Podcast. So thank you so much. We would love it if you would leave a five-star rating and a great review of this podcast. That's how it helps us get the word out about the podcast so that other dads can share in this information that we need so much. Also, don't forget to go to Baseball Dads Newsletter where you can get a free trial subscription in our Baseball Dads Newsletter. Again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I can't tell you what it means to us that you would tune in, and we're just loving bringing this information to you. So, again, thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next show. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for Baseball Dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to BaseballDadsBook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.